This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. That's childrensnational.org slash holiday. Right Night is a talk show with published authors, writers, and content creators discussing both the creative and technical sides of writing, as well as the industry surrounding it from novels to screenplays to comics and more. And now, here's your host, author Travis I. Sivart. Welcome to Right Night. We'll get to the topic and discussion in just a moment. For those listening to the podcast, we record the podcast on our live stream at twitch.tv slash Travis Tavern Talk, and we have a live interactive chat audience. You might hear the sound of the bell ding, and that means I want to interrupt somebody to read a comment or question. For those on the live stream, we won't read off everything you put in chat, but we'll try to get to the most relevant, the most amusing, or some combination of the both. Now, while we introduce ourselves, go and let us know what you're reading, writing, or creating tonight. And while I'm waiting for you guys to pop all that in the chat, I'm going to introduce myself. I am Travis, as I think I already said, and uh, I am author of series such as Portals, Silver and Smith, and Journal of a Stranger. But let's go ahead and introduce the other two awesome people who are choosing of their own will, with no coercion whatsoever, to hang out here on Right Night tonight. Can we start with the incredibly talented Tara? Hey, I'm Tara Muller, and I'm Dreamer-in-Chief at DreamPunk Press. I'm also a published author um, under the pen name E.G. Gaddis. And you can always find the latest from me under that at www.dreampunkpress.com. Aaron, how about you? Uh, Thank you. Uh, Hi, I'm Maren Kennedy, uh, author of the uh, Ships of Valor series, uh, Persona Non Grata. Uh, I've been published in uh, the uh, NCO Journal, the Army Times, um, working on the uh, the Icarus Black series, uh, which I'm hoping that uh, uh, Tara is going to work on uh, for me. Uh, that'll be coming probably this coming year. Um, back to you, Travis. Okay, so the first topic, well, the topic we're covering tonight, I should say. Sorry, I've got a list of to-dos here. Uh, we're going to talk about what you do before you pass your work over to an editor. Now this could be a whole list of things. Um, I've got my bell ready here in case I have to cut anybody else off. And for you guys, if I won't shut up and you need to interrupt, I don't know, make monkey noises. That would be okay. I find waving the gun around works a lot. We don't talk about that on air. No, oh sorry, sorry. No, no, just because nobody needs to know what we have. Or don't. Um, but we will talk about that off air if you want. Uh, John would giggle with Glee. So, pre-edit, what you do before you're editing, I mean, before you hand it to an editor. Now, Aaron, I know you have been passing it over to other people in your schoolwork. You kind of think of a teacher as an editor if they're correcting something you wrote. 
um, but also in your military career and the writings you've done with that, then of course you're writing also. And Tara, being an editor by trade, that's your day job on top of it being your, your side hustle also, but how often... Hustle. How often do you hand stuff to an editor? And also, as an editor, how much more do you do or how much less do you do because that's their job? Who'd like to start? Ooh, let me hit this one up because she's the expert. For I'm the novice over here. Um, it, so, first thing, get words on paper. Even if it's a stream of consciousness and stuff like that, you got to get the words on paper. It can't be edited until it's on the paper because uh, you can't hand over a thought or an idea. Um, John from Conquest will tell you that. You can have the greatest story in the world that's stuck in your head, but until you have a finished product, it does not mean anything. Um, and that's probably the hardest part. you got to get it on the paper. Uh, spelling errors, freaking grammatical errors, they don't matter. Words on paper that you can hand off to somebody. Um, me, I get it to that stage... I do three or four passes, and then I hand it off to an alpha reader or a beta reader. Um, I normally take one or two people that I trust. Hey, read through this. Tell me where my major inconsistencies are, where you didn't understand it. I'm not terribly worried about anything beyond that. Just say, hey, it doesn't. I'm missing something here. And I'll go, okay, cool. Okay. Um, Let me interrupt real quick. I just want to say hello on our live stream um, we just had a raid come in from Visceral Vocabulary. Thank you so much for that raid. How you guys doing? Um, I'm dropping a few messages into chat also. But good to see you. And hello to the Lady Alisane. Good to have you here. And, of course, Visceral hello. Vocabulary, who I don't know, but I feel like... Do I have a uh, moderator that can drop a shout-out for Visceral, please? And I will pull up their channel to check them out in a little bit so okay Aaron sorry to cut you off like that thank uh, you very much no 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 gotta 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 support and that's the big thing gotta support um, mm -hmm. so I get the alpha readers the guys that freaking um, they're part of my close circle of friends whether it's a guy like you Travis uh, um, I'm gonna exclude Tara from this for a little bit because freaking that's if she's not doing editing work for somebody like us um, she would be in there. Um, then I get it over to my beta readers. My beta readers are going to be people um, that are that are they're the lovers of the of the genre. Um, I'll pull them from the Goodreads community or people that I've already selected. Um, I've got a batch from uh, Persona Non Grata or from my military writings or elsewhere. They go through and they're looking to give me focused feedback, uh, whereas the other one was just, hey, here's the the 50,000 foot view. Once I've got that. Just to clarify. So you do beta readers and these other things before sending it to an editor instead of after. Absolutely. Go on. Yep. I want to make it easy for my edit editor. Mm -hmm. I'm paying my editor. Beta readers, alpha readers. They're, they get advanced copy. They get it kind of free. Mm -hmm. But I'm also giving back to the community as well. I do this on my own as well. There's a lot of trading back and forth. Um, but they point out the stuff that's not working and things like that so that I can get a better story. Uh, kill your darlings. Mm -hmm. um, once I've gotten 
through there and I know, okay, this doesn't work, a couple more passes, and then I'm going to hand it off to a real editor and I'm going to pay money. Um, I say, hey, Tara, give me a quote, all right? If we're going to add 25% to it because you're worth at least that much more, here, write the check, do it, hand it back, and I want to see red. I have another question. You really mm-hmm. still pay with things with a check? Hmm? You really still pay for things with a check? Uh, mortgage payment. That's about, <laughs> well, no. If you're gonna, I, go I, on, go <laughs> yes, on. <laughs> there's a checkbook somewhere around here. I think the address is at least three addresses old. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no. Yeah, Cash App, Zelle, freaking things like that. Uh, freaking PayPal. <laughs> yep. No, But no, no, I'm a tradesman. I have cash, sir. <laughs> So you just meet her on the street corner in a trench coat? I would hand her manuscript with cash in hand, like a like a gentleman, sir. Or a mobster. <laughs> Tradesman. I'm sorry. Construction. Oh, sorry, tradesperson, tradesperson. Because, uh, one, nothing says I love you like handing somebody cash. Or you're a hooker. Well, no, 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 I'm handing her the cash. <laughs> Not insane. Okay. Hey, wait a minute. Let me <laughs> ask that. And, and total tangent. Sorry to do this on right night, but with the world shifting and we no longer have actors and actresses, we just have actors. We no longer have waiters and waitresses. We have servers. So is it still hooker and gigolo, or are they all just sex workers? What are we doing now? Asking for a friend. Uh, okay. No. Well, I'm going to point this out. Okay. The term hooker comes back from General Hooker. Okay, in the Civil War. All right. Uh, General Hooker had a group of prostitutes that were checked out by his medical staff to ensure that they were clean for his troops to use, specifically his officers, because he didn't want them to go down with STDs. Well, friggin' new officers would arise, uh, would show up, and he would ask, who the hell are these camp followers? So uh, when they would arrive, he'd go, no, no, they're hookers, as in they belong to Hooker. So that is a non-gendered term. We can still call them hookers. But but we have to but we can call males or hookers too then. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just check. See, you know, I really haven't paid for sex often enough in the light where I had to speak. <laughs> right, right, right. And it's well, no, always okay. been PayPal for me, or, or now Cash App or China. Anyhow, okay, back to the topic. Aaron, were you done check, with check. your thoughts? Can we pass it over to Tar with, or you got a little yeah, more? Check. Uh, yes, absolutely, Tar. Am I, am I insane? Other than no. in, in, in this vein of thought, am I insane? I, I know I'm nuts. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm batshit. Uh, as anybody who's spent more than twelve minutes with me will tell you. Um, as an editor I think most editors would love whoever they're working going to be editing for for, to do all of that stuff that you just did and then there's a couple of other things I would suggest too please please Um, please run spell check you know with that one Um, I would say Hitting F7 for spell um, check and... and you're using Word. Go on. So, 
yeah, because you run spell check just to make it a little bit easier and so that, you know, when your editor starts reading, it looks like you tried. Um, and in Microsoft Word, um, I mean, a lot of times we're writing like fantasy and science fiction. And so we will have made up word. Um, put them in the custom dictionary. Um, if you don't know how to do that or anything, it's pretty simple. And if you go into like Microsoft help, um, it should walk you through. Um, because that will help you as well. Because when you, you, you know, you put it in there, you will have to put it in with an apostrophe S if it's a person's name as well. Uh, because otherwise it won't recognize it. But it'll help you because then when you run that spell check, it looks for it. And if it finds it misspelled, like you mistakenly made it something else, um, it'll help you for consistency because there's nothing more frustrating as an editor when they're, you've got these, um, for lack of a better word, made up names. And you're like, well, how is it spelled? I don't know how to fix it for them. I don't know how. So then it's like, for me, I'm just highlighting. And then I'm going to say, you need to check these because you've got them spelled two or three different ways, um, which can happen unintentionally um, in Microsoft Word because it's going to try to fix it for you sometimes. Um, if you know how to run the grammar check in Microsoft Word, run it. Don't just blatantly fix everything the way Microsoft tells you to, though. Um, remember, that was made by engineers, not English majors. Um, but use the tools to help prepare your document. Make sure that the font matches the whole way through unless it's not supposed to. Um, you know, if you have, say, text, you, you've got two teens and they're texting. And so you're using a different font for those. Um, also, let your editor know you're doing that. <laughs> Um, so, they're, they're, you know, so that they are taken aback because they're not, they're going to read it, but when they're going through it, they're still thinking of it, even even if they're doing their, just their first read through from an editor's point of view, vice a reader's point of view, even if they're trying to read it from a reader's point of view. But so prepare them for little things like that. If you're, if that's going to be there, just, it just helps prepare them for, for, for them to start working on your document, but use the tools that you have. If you have beta readers yes have beta readers read it um that's kind of that developmental edit that we've discussed in the past um where they're looking for those holes um because then you get more bang from your buck with your editor who's going to help you hone what you filled in there travis what do you think um i think if you're using microsoft like i think if you're using microsoft Oh, hold on real quick. Let me raise a glass this to that follow. Thank you very much. Here's to you. Um, okay. For anybody using Microsoft, hitting F7 should be the first line of defense for fixing stuff. All the extra things that you threw in, Tara, is definitely a great suggestion. Um, But uh, make sure you hit F7 and, and make sure it's on grammar and spelling. Take the time, deny all the stuff you don't want it to do, but let it go through it. That's kind of a given. Now for my pre-edit, 
I have a hard time finding beta readers. Well, I've, it's actually easy to find them. It's hard to get them to pick up the book and read it. So by that token, I have no beta readers. So because of that, I try to go through it multiple times. I do the first write. I tend to reread what I wrote the day before, before I write the next day. And then I go in after I'm finished with the whole thing, do a, a run through, another read through, mostly out loud, though sometimes you just kind of start to stare intensely as your brain is trying to switch things around as you're reading it. And then uh, yeah, just give a clean copy to your editor. But that's pretty much it. Also, since I want to do audiobooks, I have started reading my books as close as I can to how I'll read it as an audiobook. Because this can change how I punctuate things, because I'm actually verbalizing it. So I need it to follow the rhythm of the character in my head, and that sort of thing. Another reason for an important read aloud. Previous to ever reading it out loud, because if you read stuff out loud, you will still switch stuff. Because your brain sees it how you meant it, not how you screwed it up. There's a feature within Microsoft Word that I'll use, which allows you to highlight a certain amount and click Read This Out Loud. Um, it's not the best voice, and it definitely doesn't give you tone and intonation, but eh. Okay, so what about, Tara, with you being an editor, when you do this cleanup before, do you do more because you're an editor or less? Because you know what an editor's supposed to be doing, and that's their job. Um, so what is the job of, of, of an editor? Um, it's to, to help you make your story even better. Um, but there's only so much an editor can do. So if you make it as good as you can get it before you get it to your editor, which means you've read it through a couple of times, you've read it out loud to yourself to find those, those little fixes. You've had beta readers read it and give you some constructive and worthwhile feedback. If you're going to be a beta reader, beta reader, don't just hand the mas manuscript back to the author and go, oh, I loved it. Uh, please, that's, that's, no, that's, that's not beta reading. But the more work you've put into your manuscript to get it ready for your editor, the better it will be. Mm -hmm. on the other end because instead of catching the little simple stuff your editor gets to catch the harder stuff because when you know if you've ever read um something self-published and you've been reading along and you just stopped because you went you, you say to yourself there's too many mistakes all right and so that that's frustrating for you as a reader Imagine how frustrating that is for an editor mm -hmm. who who needs to fix it and who is either offered a flat rate or a per word rate based on getting pretty smooth copy. And you give this editor something that maybe it's your first or your second draft and you haven't run spell check and you haven't run grammar check. Um, that editor is not going to do anything for you the next book. They're going to say, oh, no, I'm too busy. Uh, no, I'm all booked up. I don't do that, you know, um, or they're going to raise prices on you. Um, the more you can do yourself, the better 
it will be. Now, because you're not going to catch everything, though. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, but the better you can get it, the more you're actually, the more value you're going to get out of that final edit from an editor. I mean, on that note, freaking, I've got a buddy of mine. Uh, he's been working on the same book for probably five years or so. <laughs> Um, well, no, no, he's got a manuscript. Mm-hmm. He sent it over to me, and it's got his little uh, little things like he spelled private wrong, and it's spelled privet. Um, I went through and I did a beta read for him with a minor edit on it. Um, little things like running Grammarly, which is a great quick tool. It's not it's not an editing tool. It is a minor fix up tool, much like a spell check is. Um, but it'll get rid of a bunch of bad commas. It'll put a bunch of other bad commas in there as well. Uh, but if you want to find out where your too many witches are and the wrong thens are, it's good. Uh, but it, you get what you pay for. It's mm-hmm. free. This holiday season, we all wish for hope and healing. Children and families who spend their holidays at the hospital deserve a reason to believe in first steps, in giggles, high fives, and hugs. For 150 years, Children's National Hospital has provided world-class care and groundbreaking research. Please donate today to help patients and healthcare heroes this holiday season. Visit childrensnational.org slash holiday. That's childrensnational.org slash holiday. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now, Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the 8-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. But it's better than nothing. Um, so I've got that. I put it out there for him. Hey, go out there. But he wants me to do major edit. I'm like, that's not what I'm there for. I'll help you do a quick beta read. Here's your inconsistencies. But he comes, keeps coming back. I'm like, dude, you, no, you've got to get this over to a real editor. you got to pay for a real editor. Well, I'm ready to publish. I'm like, well, if you want to publish, put it out there. But... I can't do anything above and beyond that. I'm, I'm a technical writer. I'm not an editor. Um, and he doesn't understand the difference. Go ahead, Travis. That's a, a couple good points you bring up there, is realize what the different stages of your writing, your beta readers, your alpha readers, what they're there for. And realize nobody is there to give you a full edit. Some people might. They, they love just finding that you spelled a word wrong. It's it's a joy for some folks because they feel helpful. They feel like they're a part of it now, etc. And that's great, but they're still not your editor. And to expect it for somebody, not so great. The other thing you need to do before you send it to an editor is make sure you know what you're going to pay and make sure you know what kind of editing you're going to get. You know, because you can pay for multiple types of editing and some editors double up and double down. I would almost say if you're going to get multiple types of editing, and we've discussed this in previous episodes, send it to different editors. Because Tara edits my books, but somebody else will see something she missed. And she will miss it, well, maybe not miss it the second time, but maybe miss it the second time. And the third and fourth time, if she has to go over it that often, I guarantee it's going to just blend into the woodwork. Aaron? 
well, it's a nuanced skill. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, as I've mentioned, I'm a tradesman. Friggin', I, I've got a specialty in residential, HVAC, electrical. Uh, I'm better on the HVAC than I am on the electrical. But when we get into commercial, I'm only able to spot what's wrong. I'm not necessarily able to tell you why it's wrong. I can just say, no, no, it's wrong. Get a commercial guy in here. When we get into industrial, I know what I'm looking at, but that's all I know. I'm not able to do any of the work. I'm not even, I'm just going to go, yep, that's a such and such, and that's all I can do. I'm out of my depth at that point. When we get into editing, it's the exact same concept. I can start going, okay, hey, this works here, but we're kind of getting out of our our arena. Tara, uh, I see you. Yeah, because even, I mean, editors are still human, Mm -hmm. and we still have our blind spots. We still have things that um, we yeah yeah we find as an individual editor that we find acceptable that other editors may not like the dank. There are folks who Oxford comma Oxford same, <laughs> but then there are other editors that are like, no, I don't think we need that comma. You know, so we have our peculiarities, we have our blind spots, and we have things that we will accept because we're trying not to overwrite or over edit the writer's voice. That's well, and, well, and that also goes into the uh, arena of, oh, for Icarus Black, the Icarus Black story is right in the dream punk realm. That's why I'm looking at you because it's like, no, no, no this is definitely mm-hmm. your bailiwick. That's why I want you. If it was more into the, the Ships of Valor primary world um, mythos maybe maybe not but for this story you're perfect for it um, and go ahead Travis something else I say about editors before you send your work off to an editor if it's a new editor research their work um, we've discussed this again on other episodes but an editor should be able to edit a small very small portion of your book for you so you can see what they could do but also ask what other books they've edited and even if you just go to amazon and read whatever's free on there the first you know 10 percent, whatever go look at what they're doing make sure you know what kind of editor you're getting into because if you go read something they've edited and it's a mess well i've had that happen and i went to the editor and they went oh they must have published the unedited version so you read multiple things. This is part of your job as a writer because there's so much more to being a writer than just writing. And also, make sure you understand how the pricing works and be prepared for that. What about you guys? Well, pricing. I said it earlier, you get what you pay for. You're trying to put out a product kill your darlings you you may love this but when it really boils down to it you're trying to put out the best product once you've written your manuscript you've got your darling but you're converting your manuscript the your love into a product you're trying to sell a product now you know on that let's go back to alpha and beta readers because Mm -hmm. before it ever gets to your editor and aaron you and i have discussed this Uh, when Michael and others were on the show also. If your beta readers, if one beta reader comes back with something, 
take it for what it's worth. If two or more, or if one and you agree with what they're saying, here's a problem. And yes. that's one one Aaron always harps on is if you go, I thought that same thing. Listen to it. Consider it. But it, yeah, if you get a handful, three or more, saying the same thing, whether you're one of those three or more or not, really take a good, long, hard look at that. Uh, whether it's as simple as this sentence is confusing, I don't know who's talking, or why is this character even in here? I don't hate them. I don't like them. Why are they in here at all? Kind of like 3PO in Star Wars. No, yeah. Nothing there. Yeah, well, he's a, he's, a, he's a comic foil. That's the reason he's there. But he's also the translator for R2-D2 R2. who has to be there. Who's the real comic foil? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, along that One moment, that, along if I can line, interrupt real oh, quick. Sadaru, thank you for that host. Good to see you. Carry on, Aaron. <laughs> no, um, in the fir- I had a couple big edits, or not big edits, I had a couple edits that I did with uh, with Persona Non Grata. Uh, the big edit was um, the pacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the very beginning, I cut 15,000 words from the very beginning of the book. The pacing was off. And it wasn't that the pacing of the whole entire novel was off, it was just the very beginning caused an, caused an issue where it was too slow. Where's this going? And I, it, it harkened back to the 1950s, 1960s sci-fi, mm-hmm. which was uh, I very to get to the slow. Point faster. <laughs> it, exactly. I, I wrote like Heinlein and Harrison and uh, those guys. I cut the first thing and I started off with a bang, getting as much closer to the more contemporary sci-fi, and it worked out a lot better. Uh, now I took that piece and I saved it, and that becomes an epilogue to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I did is I tried to get Ares dialogue. Um, I wanted to give a more 1950s, 1960s. When I originally dealt with it, in, um, when he's introduced to Lysha, the, uh, the lady lead, okay, who's only, who doesn't appear a whole lot in the book, I used the term femme, um, much like dame. Um, one of the beta readers pointed it out I was like uh, pointed it out she's like I don't like that uh, another uh, uh, friend of mine pointed out I was like you know what gone it's out bring in if it if it brings up any kind of emotion like this it's out I don't need it uh, but you uh, you raise your hand Tara? yeah um, while we're talking about beta readers if you're looking for beta readers if you write fantasy mm-hmm. make sure you're Beta readers read fantasy. If you write sci-fi, make sure that who you're asking to do a beta read for you reads sci-fi. If you're asking, if you write sci-fi that is male-centered and say military sci-fi, and you hand it to your wife's best friend or whatever, and who reads romance. Right. Yes. They cannot beta read for you. They can proofread for you and go, hey, you've got some misspellings or inconsistencies, but they cannot give you the developmental feedback you really need because they do not know that genre. They're yeah. they're reading it looking for romance in there and they're gonna go, it sucks because there's no romance. You didn't, it, nothing happened. That's part of um, knowing so your audience. Sure, part, yes. Um, and then if you are somebody who's going to be a beta reader, um, make mm-hmm. 
sure mm-hmm. you know what the author is looking for from you too. Are they asking you for, you know, something specific? And as an author, don't be afraid to say, hey, you know, especially once you get to know, you know, if you've got beta readers that read free regularly and you know that one of them really catches characterizations or inconsistencies in plot and say, hey, I, I could you focus on that? And then if you're a beta reader, write it down. Give out written stuff. Don't just give right. it orally. Write it down for them because... Yeah, yeah, good. As things will get lost, there'll, there'll be things you forget to tell them, or when they're taking their notes, they're going to miss it and it will be incomplete. I Some, mean, kind of treat it like it's a business transaction. Something else. Sorry, Aaron, did you want to go first? Uh, if you don't mind. Uh, one of the things that I did when I was a beta reader was, I, as I'm reading the book, wherever they had a chapter break or the equivalent, I would read it... Do my quick notes, just Microsoft Word notes as a, okay, hey, here this works, here's a content issue, here's something I didn't like, here's something I did like, and I'd send it back in chapter-by-chapter notes. That way, if I hit a point where, you know, I can't read any farther on this, because there are certain writers that I just, nope, I'm done. Um, There are movies that I've just, I've realized my time is valuable, and I'm just going to not watch this. Um, What was it? The movie Trainwreck with uh, Amy Schumer? I love that movie. Um, the next one that she did, um, what was it? Uh, where she, I feel pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, made it halfway in that movie, and I was like, "Nope, I'm done." Uh, just she turned into a classic mean girl halfway through the movie. Spoilers. Um, and I was like, <laughs> "Nope, I'm just uh, just done with the movie." I was like, "No, this is it's too tropish." Um, and I was just like. My investment is gone. I'm, I'm done with the movie at that point. Um, beta reading can be the same way, but at least give them some of the feedback because somebody did give you a piece of their manuscript. They gave you their love, but they're trying to make a good product. And at least if they get that piece of feedback, they may be able to correct it at that point. Let me also say this. If you hand your manuscript or part of it or whatever to somebody and they hand you back a list of notes read them or at least allow that beta reader to believe you read them and took them into consideration because Andrea beta read for somebody and handed them back a list and they went no I don't need that I'm good and they didn't even look at the notes and Andrea's like why the hell I I will never read for this person again yeah you know you just told me my opinion is not worth anything and also this also relates to and I've said this before once you get it back whether it's from beta readers or the editor read through those edits and those notes don't just accept it and change everything first of all they could be wrong they're probably not but they could be it could be changing something you don't want to change they probably miss something somewhere along the way but most importantly you will learn something about your own writing you will learn consistent mistakes you have maybe you always mix up then then Maybe you mix up A and. Maybe it's something as small as that. Maybe it's something huge. But it's important for you to look through that stuff to help you grow as a writer. These are your tools to improve every book after this one and this one. So to ignore it, first of all, you're a jerk. Second of all, you're wasting a huge opportunity. Aaron? 
Uh, on that note, one of the great things that I learned from one of my alpha readers was uh, when I was interacting between Aerie and Hart in Persona. Um, so, at no point does Aerie have actual dialogue in the book. Mm-hmm. It's a, he's, he's the narrator. Um, so, I've got a Hart's got dialogue, but I've got to create a perception that Hart is always responding to something that Aerie says, but I've got to avoid using the word said. 900 times mm-hmm. so you got to create the, the heart can't be mind reading so you, he's got to be responding to things Aerie says without creating the perception that I this I said that um, that was great feedback from that beta reader because um, he said okay how did heart know what he was talking about so I had to create a, me- a mechanism within this uh, and as Travis said you're going to get great pieces of insight in there, but, and that's where that comes from. You can learn a lot about, oh, this is a cool way to do things um, in there. And that piece is going to come into play later on with Icarus Black because she's going to end up being, as it stands now, Val is the primary narrator that's going on. He's the ship, um, except in one of the later books where I flip the script. Um, and Icarus ends up being the narrator for part of it. So I've got to remember that, see how I did that. And something that kind of Aaron said made me think about this is if you find somebody as a beta reader that gives you great feedback that you can really use, um, one, say thank you. Let them know Specifically, if you can, yep, yep. can, what feedback you really appreciate. Because that way, when you come up and you've got book two, and you look, go to them and say, hey, I'd like, you know, can you beta read this for me? You want to culture those beta readers and find ones that you trust and that can give you good feedback and that read in your genre um, and treat them nicely and say thank you and appreciate them and let them know what they do the feedback that they give you that is good um Mm -hmm. because a lot of i I beta read for for one writer at one point and gave them you know a lot of of feedback and heard nothing heard nothing i'm like okay approached them about reading something of mine and they were too busy so then about, you know, Bell? Yeah, if I can interrupt, if you want to finish your thought and then I'll read a comment here just, in chat. Um, so when they came back to me the next time, like six months later, she said, oh, hey, I need you to beta read this. I'm like, no, I'm too busy. Um, because there was yep, yep. no back and forth. There was no um, appreciation and no back and forth. So uh, Visceral Vocabulary says, I always take special effort to point out what was really helpful to me. Condition those poor beta readers to be the perfect little lab rats. Seriously, though, it helps to make sure your beta readers know what you appreciate for the future. Um, It's no different from somebody handing you a gift or coming over to help you work on something in your house or even hold open a door. You would thank all those people. And this is your craft that you're trying to hone and make better. So just like your liking that feedback they're giving you 
they want that back too. It is a give and take, and you have to show them that they're valuable to your process. Um, even if you pick one thing out and you go, this one, it really hurt my feelings, but man, that was a good point to point out. Don't tell them what was useless. Tell them what was helpful. <laughs> because yeah. if they hear, you know, oh, you said this, but I didn't like it, I didn't use it, they don't care about that. They want to know how they helped. And that's just basic human politics. And it's worth, because sometimes yeah. we forget. We're so caught up in our project, we forget to pause a moment and go, hey, that was so helpful. Really appreciate it. And for anybody reading for somebody else, point out the good and the bad. As a beta reader, it's great that you're like, I love this character. I love this line. But if you only give, I love, 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 this was great, or heaven forbid you give this vague thing like, it was all good. That's not as helpful as going, it was really good, but here's a few things that I got stuck on. And trust me, they want that. If you hurt their feelings, well, they need to put on their, their tougher skin to deal with that because this is going to make it a better thing. How about some closing thoughts on this pre-edit topic? Go ahead, Tara. You have something else to say? Um, yeah, it's it's the more prep you can do to your manuscript before you give it to the editor will make the editor's job e yep, yep. easier, which means you will get a better product from the editor. And it means that that editor will want to continue to work with you in the future. Very true. Aaron? Um, editors that are easier to work with in the future uh, tend to go, oh, okay. Uh, like when I come to uh, Tara and go, hey, I need a quote on this. Uh, the first time I come to her quote, she's going to go, okay, you know what? I haven't worked with you before. It's going to be X. Uh, and I go, you know what? Add 25% because you're worth it. Uh, the, on book two, she goes, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought. You know what? It's X minus 25. And I go, you know what? Add 25% uh, because you're worth it. <laughs> uh. And by the way, that 25 isn't necessarily a hard number. That's basically just like you would tip a tattoo artist or anybody else that does something that you're permanently going to have. Especially if you're going to interact with them again and again and again. Show that appreciation. Um, even For anybody that's seen My Blue Heaven, have a philosophy of over-tipping, okay? Because they're worth it. <laughs> but as you were saying, Travis. Something else I'll add to this as my closing thoughts is don't forget to have people beta read and edit your blurb. It's something a lot of us forget to do, and we slap it on the back of the book. And I've had people look at my work, and I've looked at other people's work, and I'm like, you could have done this better. We don't need to know the name of the mountain range. Totally unimportant to a blurb. Um, unless if it's not. What, what are you groaning about there, Aaron? <laughs> well, no, okay, and if you self-publish like I did... Um, own your own publishing company like Travis has done or Tara has done. We get into the habit. But if you go to the big five, big six, big three, or whatever they're calling themselves now, if you don't have that blurb down or your letter down, you go in the circular filing system. Um, 
that is probably the one of, one of the most important pieces of editing you've got to do. Mm-hmm. And you better have that. You've got to have your editing process mm-hmm. to a T to make it in the door for book one. You don't get any of their resources, including editing staff, until book two. But the gatekeepers are all on book one. There we go. Okay, let's wrap this up and take us out, and we will catch you next time. Hold on just a moment. Here we go. Before we go, I want to remind everyone that you can email us at rightnightshow at gmail.com. That's right with a W, night with an N, show at gmail.com. To let us know your thoughts on the show's topics, suggest other topics you'd like to hear us discuss, or just have a message read out on air to someone in your life. Thanks to everyone for supporting the show by downloading the podcast, sharing it on social media, grabbing some shirt stickers and mugs from bit.ly slash tavern merch or barware patches and hats from bit.ly slash tavern merch too it's bit.ly slash tavern merch or tavern merch followed by the number two thanks to everyone who joined us live at twitch.tv slash travis tavern talk and everyone who supports the tavern by subscribing hosting throwing bits raids and most of all commenting Thank you for joining author Travis I. Sivart and the other writers, content creators, and all-around amazing people for our discussion here on Right Now. Join us again soon, and until you do, make sure you create with passion, enjoy the journey, and remember, every night can be right now. Tis the season for those irresistible ginger thins, cozy blankets for cuddling by the fire, and making home warm and welcoming. For one-stop holiday shopping, visit your local IKEA or ikea-usa.com slash holiday.